Welcome and thank you for joining us. At Worship Harvest, we believe that we are a movement of the gospel, discipleship, and mission. And we are committed to catalyzing spiritual, social, and economic renewal in our immediate communities. And as a result, the world. Here is this week's teaching. Anyway, you people, welcome to Garage. Those who are our guests, uh, we are happy here. Uh, we believe in Jesus. <laughs> the Son of the Living God. Amen. Born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, crucified, died, and buried, descended into hell. The third day rose again, descended into heaven, and is seated at the right hand of the Father. So don't worry when you hear us singing a free gospel. They say, eh, "Is this a good church?" We just like to have fun. Amen. Today we are talking about tithe. Yeah, tithing because this is a series. Thou shalt prosper, and I know that generally speaking. It, it doesn't matter how much I teach you about prosperity. If I don't teach you about tithing, yeah, it's not going to work. So when I was at university, I used to argue a lot. As you can imagine, I've, I've been full of arguments all my life. Now, I used to argue a lot. The pastors of Ashpavis Masaka are in the house. Hey, Masaka. We have your people, so relax. Now, the person I used to argue with was Patrick Minda, who was my discipler. How many of you argue with your disciples? Let me see your hands. Oh, you don't want... Okay. How many of you, your disciples, may have argued with you? Let me see your hands. Your disciples, not about types, about other things, many things. Your disciples have argued with you about things. People are not being honest. Last time of asking... If the people you disciple have been arguing with you about things, put your hand up straight as if you're going to heaven. Okay. Yeah. Now, the idea that your disciples are here, okay, and you've said they argue with you, but when I ask those who argue with their disciples, no hand went up, means that I need to have a, a summon citizen speaking the truth. Anyway, I used to argue with Patty a lot. Then one day it hit me that we both depended on his money. <laughs> yeah, him and me. We both depended on his money. He was my economic plan. <clears throat> it was such a revelation. What a revelation. I was like, hey, wait a minute. The guy I'm arguing with always has money and is always bailing me out. The chief arguer, on the other hand, I have nothing. 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 Even that one, you don't know. If I don't have you now that was a love song but for some people that's an economic song (laughs) 
I, if I don't have you, <coughs> we are done here. So that's how I started tithing. And God has been faithful since. He has sustained me. Tithe is for your sustenance, first fruit is for your promotion. Those who don't tithe always have more month at the end of the money. Yeah, I've been there and I know how that thing works. A roommate of mine, when he was getting married, I don't know, nowadays things have changed. Yeah, we have Makoles in the house, all over, Makoles everywhere. Now, those days we used to have wedding meetings. Uh, they, they are not like those, those ones. These days you have like a lunch, what, and then you collect what? <laughs> Pledges. Those days the meetings were weekly. Yeah. Chairman's back, fines, promissory notes, auctions. It was actually a form of entertainment to go to a wedding meeting. Yeah, it was progressive. There was a lot going on. Now, I will not tell you how mine went, but I'll tell you about the wedding meetings of my roommate, Dr. Dennis Kajimba Mujimba. We were roommates at campus, so he was marrying, and was marrying a lady we'd been with in, uh, she was an engineer from tech faculty. And these fellows, they decided to do something I'd never heard before. Can I tell you what they decided to do? Are you sure you want here? The people this side don't want to hear what I'm going to tell. So I, I'm, I'm, let me go to Kungu now and let's, let's forget that this service ever happened. Okay. So they decided to tithe their wedding contributions. This was crazy. Now, in our days, as, as you did the wedding meetings, the chairman had to become more and more aggressive towards the wedding because always you reach the last wedding meeting and you have not covered even 60% of the budget. So it was crunch time through the wedding. People are still collecting money. The first week after the wedding, they are still recovering pledges of people who made pledges for the wedding, but now it's post-wedding and we are still recovering pledges. Now, the shocking thing about the Majimba's wedding is that two weeks to the wedding, you know the second last wedding meeting? Because... Imagine that the wedding meetings were like on a Wednesday or Thursday. Now, the one of the week before, by the second last wedding meeting, the budget was covered. It's the first wedding where I ever saw something like that happen. But two weeks. And now, do you know what people still decided? No, we still want to come for the last wedding meeting and people came for the last wedding meeting and kept giving even when the chairman said guys the budget is covered people 
kept giving. So those guys started their lives with a surplus. But I will never forget it. I mean, this, it's, I'm not telling you a story of something I wasn't. I was there myself. Yeah. Huh? That's when I saw that. This type thing is supernatural. Yeah. Everyone is fighting to cover pledges after the wedding. This one's two weeks to the wedding. And they came clean. So like they hid it. They told everyone the budget is covered. So if you're giving anything from now, just know you're, you're just giving to the Bagole. Wow. Can I tell you another story? It's not a life story. Those who have just joined us, we are talking about tithe. Which should I tell you first? Let me tell you about the Jews, the people of God. For the last 3,000 plus years, two things about Jews whether those who are really serious with their thing and those who are not. There are two things. One, they tithe. Mm. Now, you know that 25% of all billionaires are Jews. Yeah, I was reading an article two years ago and in 2018, out of the top 10 richest people in America, eight were Jews. Yeah. What a shock. They control about 11% of the world's wealth and they are only 0.2% of the population of the world. The thing, two things they've been doing since the days of Moses and before. Since the days of Abraham, two things. They tithe. They give at they give 10% of their income. Whether they are really serious with their religion or not, that one, they are serious with it. The second thing is that they all work six days a week instead of seven. So it's crazy. Like, if you're competing with other people and you decide to deliberately work less time and give away some of your money you would think that the other people would overtake you but rather they've overtaken everyone by far through those two two secrets giving away some of the money and giving away some of the time I'm sure you're following let me read you something can I read you something? I'm reading here an article from Entrepreneur Magazine. It says, Chick-fil-A, Chick-fil-A is a fast food rest- restaurant chain owned by Christians. Chick-fil-A mo- makes more profit, more money per restaurant hmm? than McDonald's, Starbucks, and Subway combined. And it's closed on Sundays. Who 
who is ready for the, the grace? May the grace. Huh? Chick-fil-A makes more money per restaurant. Of course, McDonald's makes more money because they have like 14,000 restaurants. While Chick-fil-A has only 2,000 restaurants. But per restaurant, they make more money than, watch this, McDonald's, Starbucks, and Subway combined. And while the others work seven days a week and 24 hours a day, these ones only work six days a week. They are closed on Sundays, which is supposed to be the most profitable day in restauranting. Because that's when families are out and looking for food to eat together. Out of honoring the Lord, they close on Sundays. You can breathe. And of course, people come up with all sorts of logical reasons. But look, there is nothing logical about it. There is a God in heaven. And this is one of the ways he, he, he deficits and shows those who are his and those who are not. Amen. The Bible is divided into three sections. The first section of the Bible is about Abraham. Okay? Everything in section one of the Bible is about Abraham. All those stories of Adam, Seth, Enoth, who, Methuselah, they are trying to bring you to Abraham. So they keep eliminating all the other lineages tactfully until they bring you to Abraham. Because that it's, that's what it's about. You can go and do your own research. You find that the first section of the Bible is about a man called Abraham. They are bringing you to Abraham. The next section of the Bible, so if you like, you could say it's about the ministry of Abraham. And so it's, it starts, it's really Abraham and his children. Isaac, Jacob, okay? Who becomes Israel until they are taken to, they go to Egypt to, to look for food. The next section of the Bible is about Moses. The ministry of Moses. The man of God, the prophet king, Moses. And so, that section of the Bible about the ministry of Moses stretches from Moses, because Moses is the opening act. So, remember, Adam to Israel. Adam to Jacob. All that, Abraham is the main man. That's why I say, Jesus, son of Abraham, son of Abraham, Abraham, Abraham. So, they go to Egypt and they are enslaved and they become a nation. So the first section is about a family. The family of Abraham. The next section is about a nation. The nation of Israel. And it starts with a man called Moses. He's the first king in quotes. Because he's the one who contends with the Egyptians. To pull out the Israelites. And take them to their land of promise. That was given to Abraham. And so Moses, Joshua... The judges, are you, are you tracking? Oh, by the way, at worship service, you, you have to use your brain when you come to church. Yeah. So I hope you, 
You are into brain stuff. So let me. <laughs> so Moses, Joshua, the judges, the kings, Saul, David, Solomon, nation is split. All those fellows, there is a lot to read about them. They go into the captivity again for forsaking God. The northern kingdom goes to Assyria. Southern kingdom goes to Babylon. And then the kings, basically after they are taken, there is no more kingship. So what is left are the prophets. Okay? You're tracking. That's why you see the Bible always talks about the law and the prophets. The law and the prophets. So that's the ministry of Moses. Moses was both the king and prophet. And then over time, there was a split. The kings were kings. The prophets were prophets. The kings fizzled out and all they were left with are prophets. So you go prophets all the way to guess who, guess who? John. The last section of the Bible is about the ministry of Jesus. Am I making sense now? So you see, they take us from Adam to Israel. Jacob is called Israel and he goes into Egypt to become a, a nation. So then they, we start with Moses who takes on Israel and delivers them, forms them into a nation. It fizzles out prophets, prophets all the way to John. And what does John do? He introduces us to someone called Jesus. And so the last section of the Bible, which is the New Testament, is about the ministry of Jesus. Now, you could say that even those three sections are each divided into three sections. So because the first one will be Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. Or you could say pre-Abraham, Adam to Abraham, Abraham and his children, Jacob and then Joseph, Egypt, that whole thing. Now the second section, Moses uh, and, the, and the judges, okay? Moses, Joshua, all those, same anointing. Then we start the kings. Saul to the last one who was taken to Babylon. And then you start there is a fusing. Then there is the prophets. There, so there are three sections. And the last section has three sections. Jesus and the ministry of Jesus' immediate disciples, the twelve, and then the ministry of Paul. So it's three, 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 wherever you look. Now, you can now go among your friends and say, let me, I, behold, I saw your mystery. Behold, I saw you. Now, be interested in things which appear in all the three sections. Yeah. Where they don't discard the thing. So tithing is one of those. Many people say tithe is of the law. We are New Testament believers. No, it's not. Tithe started with Abraham who was not a man of the law. There was no law because that was a family. It wasn't a country. 
it wasn't a nation and then when the man of the law Moses came he interpreted it in legal terms by putting out all sorts of rules and laws that pertain to tithe but Abraham didn't do it as a law and when Jesus comes with the new covenant Can I show you another thing going on? Okay. So, Abraham is family. Moses is nation. Jesus is global. The whole world. So, a family becomes a nation which becomes a, a, the whole world. Nations. Amen. So, when Jesus comes, he does not eliminate the tithe. Like some people think. Matthew twenty three twenty three. What saith it? Let's read together. What to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites with the so you can imagine the tone with which he said hypocrites. It wasn't hypocrites. <laughs> yeah, that exclamation should show you that. It wasn't very friendly communication. Hypocrites! Hey, for you pay tithe of mint and anise and cumin. Now, I don't know who is into spices, but you lost me at mint. <laughs> and have neglected, continue, the weight here. Matters of the law which are what? Justice and mercy and faith. Now, the last part is instructive. These you ought to have done without leaving the others undone. These you ought to what? Without leaving the others undone. we together so don't go shouting things you don't know boldly it's the problem with social media is that everyone speaks boldly those who don't know and those who know what a shock let me show you one last thing then we get into a text is that okay uh, today this is a point it's short and sweet okay because at the end of the day about what you do with what you've heard. Give me Hebrews 7 verse 4. Maybe we go up because we are going to go and investigate this person. For this Melchizedek, are we reading? King of Salem priest of the most high God who met Abraham returning from the slaughter of the kings and blessed him who blessed who? Melchizedek blessed Abraham what a shock next verse to whom also Abraham gave a tenth part of of part first being translated king of righteousness but you guys you read weekly yeah instead of monthly Okay, read, 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 read with more strength. Okay, first being <laughs> that's a king of righteousness, and then also 
king of Salem, meaning king of peace, next verse, without father, without mother, without genealogy, having neither beginning of days nor end of life, but made like the son of God, remains a priest continually. Melchizedek, the person to whom Abraham tithed, has never ceased to be a priest. The priesthood continues. Do you understand? Next verse. Now consider how great this man was, to whom even the patriarch Abraham gave a tenth of the spoils. And indeed, those who are the sons of Levi, who received the priesthood, have a commandment to receive tithes from the people according to the law, that is from their brethren, though they have come from the loins of uh, first go back and give it to us in uh, NLT because people are loyalty, what? Now, re- I want you to remember where we started, the three sections of the Bible. So they've covered the first section, Melchizedek, Abraham. Now, talking about the, le- the legal part, Moses. Now, the law of Moses, continue, required that the priests who are descendants of Levi must collect a tithe from the rest of the people of Israel who are also descendants of Abraham. Next verse. Who was not a descendant of Levi collected a tenth of Abraham and Melchizedek placed a blessing upon Abraham, the one who had already received the promises of God. And without question, the person who has the power to give a blessing is greater than the one who is blessed. The priests who collect tithes are men who die, so Melchizedek is greater than they are because we are told that he lives on. Now he's talking about, go back, he's talking about the current the dispensation from Christ. You see, he lives on. Now, go back to NKJV and i show you one thing and then we'll go to the other part. Is that okay? Yeah. I like how we are flowing. Uh, is your neighbor flowing? Here, mortal men receive tithes, but there, he receives, say receives, Say receives. Is that past tense? Now I saw someone reading there, he received them. What kind of English is that? But there he receives them of whom it is witness. Melchizedek who is a picture of Christ, has not ceased to receive tithes. Now, if tithe is of the law and it should have ended, how does he receive them? All the people who are serving the law of Moses have since died. From whom does he receive them? From those who witness that he lives. Refusing to tithe is an acknowledgement that Jesus died and didn't resurrect. Yeah, why would you give tithe to a priest who is dead? Ah, I shall. You see, there are people they are looking at me interestingly because they are wondering. They are they are discovering they have been through their financial practices. They've been saying Jesus is dead. 
and yet they come to church and sing, Jesus is alive. But when, they, when it's tithing time, Jesus is dead. Singing time, he's alive. Tithing time, he's dead. So which one are we taking? There he receives them, of whom it is witnessed. Yeah. When, you know, if you don't tithe, you shouldn't attend Easter services. And I'm telling this to you with a very joyful and uh, convivial. You know the way I feel about you. It's so warm, even though it's cold. So don't don't be mistaken. Don't think don't think I'm coming after you. No, no, no. I'm just trying to open your eyes to say, if you do not tithe, you're saying Jesus is dead. He's not alive. And this whole thing of going around telling people Jesus is alive, receive him as the Lord and Savior, we shouldn't be doing it. Because anyway, what, is, what does the tithe do? The tithe is there to do that very thing. Telling people of Christ's life and sacrifice and the fact that he has saved us and he will come again. And we need to believe him and to follow him and to give our lives to him. That's what tithe money does. It's there to proclaim the gospel. God figured out how he's going to finance his, his mission. And he decided it would be tithe. And that all those who believe... You see, God doesn't require a tithe from non-believers. Because what are, what, what are they doing? It is those who believe. Those who say, Hey! There is someone who loves us. Who died for our sins. That we don't have to live under the tyranny of Satan. And he said, well, if you acknowledge that that's what he has done for you, get 10% of your income, give it so that that message can reach other people. Amen. What a blessing. Now, have we just admitted some members of Quietness Presbyterian Church? <laughs> Say, I'm a tither. Because I believe Jesus is alive. And everyone needs to hear the news about it. Are we on the same page? Wow. Genesis 14. Genesis 14. Are you there? Let me, let me, there's something I need right here. Beautiful is Jesus. All on the lilies of the valley. Wonderful is Jesus. 
more than great works of us. Magnificent is Jesus. All the stars of heaven, greatest gift of the universe. Morning star brightening the star. I want to send out a special shout outs to the Kingdom Advances Network led by Pastor Julius that is Masaka Nyendo Buddo Chibinge Chengera Nyendo Mitiana Gomba Mpiji Liantonde Busega Chibuye Wow Awesome Genesis 14 verse 18 Are we there? Tell your neighbor, check them, say, neighbor. We are reading. Let's read. Then Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought out bread and wine, and he was the priest of God most high. What did he bring up? And he was the most high. Beautiful. It, it, it makes sense. Now, bread and wine are new covenant aren't they new covenant so bread and wine are new covenant when, when Jesus was with disciples and brought out bread and wine what, what were they doing they were enacting the new covenant now isn't it, isn't it then obvious when they say that uh, Christ is a priest forever according to the order of Melchizedek. So when Melchizedek, who is without father, mother, genealogy, comes out and is holding bread and wine, is he bringing the law? Huh? Did you see any bread and wine at Mount Sinai? No, it's a sign. It's showing you that this is that priest. So he came out with bread and wine and he was priest. He was a priest of God. Most high. Verse 19. And he blessed him. He blessed to Abram. He blessed him and said, Blessed be Abram of God most high, possessor of heaven and earth. Ay, ay, Wow. I like it already. Now, since Pastor Josh is here, you should come. Yeah, yeah. How to go to church? Okay. Now, let me also borrow the services of Pastor Chris Kawesa. So one of these is going to be Melchizedek and one Abraham. I th- I th- hey, wh- why? <laughs> How do you know Melchizedek was like that? <laughs> so this is Abraham because he's in a business suit. Uh, this is Melchizedek. He's in the priestly garments. So Melchizedek comes out with 
bread and wine. Now, two things. This is going to bless you. Abraham was not looking for Melchizedek. He had just finished a war and is on his way home. Go back to where the war starts. Let's get the full context. I'll read it first. Don't worry. And not where the war starts. Where? After the war. After the war. Okay. Hey. No, no, no. 14 was good. Now, when Abraham heard that his brother was taken captive, he armed his 318 trained servants who were born in his... How many servants were born in your house? And how many are trained for war? And went in pursuit as far as Dan. Next, he divided his forces against them by night and he and his servants attacked them and pursued them as far as Oba, which is north of Damascus. So he brought back all the goods and also brought back his brother Lot and his goods as well as the women and the people. And the king of Sodom went out to meet him at the valley of Shaveh, that's the king's valley, after his return from the defeat of Shedolaoma and the kings who were with him. So Abraham had just fought five kings, I think, and defeated them. He was the first one to come up with night warfare. Uh, they used to fight during the for him, he attacked them at night. So then he's bringing his spoils and where is he going? He's going he's escorting Lot back to where he, he I don't know how he chose to live in Sodom but he's escorting him back there and yeah the king of Sodom comes because he's the one where, who had been raided and they had taken who? Lot. So Abraham was not looking for Melchizedek. He was just going home. But Melchizedek was looking for Abraham. That's just like God. When you're not looking for God to do anything for him, he's looking for you to bless you. You see, I wish people knew the origin of this whole type thing. They would stop all the arguments. Like God is looking for you to bless you. That, that, that's his heart. Like well, you and I, what can we give God really? We are just anyway. So Melchizedek comes with bread and wine and comes to Abraham. And what does he do? He blesses him with words. He says, Next, blessed be Abraham of God, most high possessor of heaven and earth. That's the blessing Melchizedek pronounces on Abraham. Abraham is not looking for Melchizedek. Melchizedek is looking for Abraham. Can I tell you something funny? You didn't find Jesus. He found you. Some of you, you know how difficult you were. Yeah. You know, there is, the, the, yeah. I know in heaven they don't grade sins, but here on earth we grade. Yeah, some of yours, ah, it took special forces, angels of all kinds, to finally corner you and snatch you from the tyranny of the devil. What a shock. 
So that's the heart of God. So he finds him and blesses him. Now let me ask you a thing. Before he blesses him, has Abraham done anything for Melchizedek? Has he given him anything? Has he nothing? God doesn't bless you for what you do for him. God blesses you because he, it is in his nature to bless. If God was as vengeful as some of you think, some places would never receive rain. Yeah, and even the ground wouldn't work. But the Bible says it makes it rain on the righteous and on the evil. Everyone receives rain. Everyone receives oxygen. Yeah. You think God doesn't have technology to cut off oxygen in some parts and say, this one's no oxygen for 10 minutes. But he freely supplies. Anyway, he blesses him. And then he says, Abraham is a possessor. You see, some people misread this. They think the possessor is God. No. And it's capital P because they are using poetic. They start, that if you go to Proverbs, you find that the sentences begin with capitals in the middle. Because it's poetry. That's why Abraham, in the story of Lazarus, was in heaven in charge of things. <laughs> See those who are Abraham's children, you're in charge here, you'll be in charge there. So I, it's, just, it's just, it's just too much. Yeah, you see the, the priest, the, he told Abraham, send Lazarus to bring me some water. Abraham didn't say, I don't have authority to do that. No. He said, no, there's just a white gulf. Otherwise, I would have sent him. In other words, I have the power to do so. Tell your neighbor, you're more powerful than you think. Now, let me, those who are sweating over that, let me show it to you grammatically. Next verse. And blessed be God most high, who has delivered your enemies into your hand and he gave him so if, if God was the one who is the possessor of heaven and earth he would not have said and blessed be God yeah when you next write your email don't write like that if you mean the other thing some people have understood because it's blessed be Abraham of, of most high possessor of heaven and earth and blessed be God if God was the one he's referring, God doesn't need to be... Can I tell you something? You don't need to tell God anything for it to come to be true in his life. You don't need to tell God you are possessed of heaven and earth and then he believes it. And then God is like, are you sure? What a shock. It's Abraham who needed to hear these words. Not God. Anyway, so he blesses him. Bless him. I don't know. Like, at least put your hand on him. Ah, ah, ah. And then Abraham, how did he respond? He started running around. He sang two songs. He said, I don't know what. He said, Can you believe? He tells Lot, Lot, did you hear what this guy just said about me? I'm the possessed of heaven and earth. <laughs> Put on socials. 
I'm the new possessor of heaven and earth. Hashtag possessor. And then he pulled out his iPhone and said, but Melchizedek, say something, say something. The thing you just told me, I want you to say it live here while they are hearing. Let's have a selfie. Papa Melo. What did Abraham do as an acknowledgement that I receive the words you've just spoken to me? He gave him a tithe. Now, you, you've been... The, priest of, the priesthood of Melchizedek is coming to you even now today, saying, hey, hey, hey. You, Abraham's child, Abraham's seed, you are possessors of heaven and earth. And what are you doing? Hey. What happens if I deliver a package to you and you refuse to receive it? Was it intended for you? Yes. But are you in possession of it? No. There has to be reception. There has to be acknowledgement. Tithe is the biblical way to acknowledge that blessing that you are a possessor of heaven and earth. And everyone who doesn't tithe is saying, it sounds good God, but sorry, I'm not ready for it. And it shows up in your bank accounts. I'm preaching better than you're listening. You're trying to scare me from finishing my sermon. I'm saying, all <laughs> oh, the tithers will tell you what the experience is, and all the non tithers will tell you what the experience is. I almost want to have a, another person in the picture, but it may not work. But are you understanding? Oh, I'm possessor. Here is a tenth. Yeah, that's how you say. You know, like when they send, what are the delivery, DHL to deliver a package? The guy who comes with a bike will have a thing which you have to sign and say received. Yeah, that signature there is tithe. And as long as you're too big-headed, you say, me, I don't sign things. The guy is going to call headquarters and say that the fellow has refused to sign. What do I do with that? And they say, bring it back. He's probably not the one. Look, you can have all your doctrinal, theological positions like I did with Patti. But the results will speak to you. 
the what? They will speak to you. <laughs> Abraham, Melchizedek. Oh, before you go. Let me show you some little extra. A little extra is good. Now. Who can help with this? Okay. Gloria, come. I was trying to look for. But. So now, we have a situation. Oh, this is Melchizedek. Okay, you come this way. Now, you see, this is Christ. Eh? Now, Christ is Abraham's seed and heir according to the promise of God. Romans 4.13 Okay? And if you are Christ's, you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. And that's uh, Galatians 3.29. But it says the promise that will be the heir of the world. That's why it says possess of heaven and earth. So, you, you first isn't. So while, while Melchizedek is here, rather Abraham is being blessed here. You, you, you focus on your blesser. Behind him is Christ. Okay. Technically, doctrinally speaking, I should have used a guy, but I'm just trying to be dramatic. Is Christ and this, his being, they are blessing Abraham because this blessing is going to go all the way to Christ and then all of us who are in Christ we are all receiving the same blessing from Melchizedek because Christ is the son of Abraham I'm, I'm, I'm using that intentionally because in the spirit it's, they are all sons, daughters and sons they are all called sons Galatians says there is neither male nor female Okay, are, are you? Is this picture stuck in your head? Now I want you to keep these two people here in your head. Now come, let's go this side. You stay, stay, stay. Now, meanwhile, on this side, the same Christ who is those ends receiving what blessing is the priest operating in Melchizedek. And under the authority of his father, saying, Bless that man. But really, they are blessing themselves. You know these family things. So this one knows this guy is going to come and is going to be responsible to take salvation to all the world, and it will not work without the blessing. So he organizes the blessing, these ends to bless beforehand because he knows. Now he's here as priest, but he's going to now swap sides and come here as a son. You can sit. All of you can sit. Now let me ask you. Which churches propagate the gospel more? Those who don't tithe or those which tithe? 
So when you're an untither, you have just jammed to participate in the, in the propagation of the gospel. Even God knew, so he organized the resources spiritually. Let me throw in one and we go. I think, yeah. Jacob, Genesis 28, 20, 22. Then Jacob made a vow saying, if God will be with me and keep me in this way that I am going and give me bread to eat and clothing to put on so that I come back to my father's house in peace, then the Lord shall be my God. And the stone which I have set as a pillar shall be God's house and of all that you give me. I will surely give a tenth to you. So Jacob had a dream, uh, angels descending, whatever. He woke up, he said, surely God was in this place, and I didn't know it. And then he took the stone on which he was sleeping and set it up as an altar. When it's a pillar, it's an altar. He poured oil on it, and then he prayed this vow. If God will bring me back and fulfill all his promises to me, this stone shall be the house of God. And of all that God gives me, I will surely give a tenth. So what Jacob is saying is, is it's, it's an allegory. They are showing us two things. Two things that happen in the house of God are prayer and tithing. That would be a nice mic drop point, but the mic might get spoiled, so I'll keep it in my hand. Yeah, that's when he said, have you gone to pray? When you go to church, you're saying, I'm going to pray. Why? Because the house of God is an altar to which people come to pray. But also the house of God is a place to which people will surely give a tenth of all. Those are the two things that characterize the house of God. A place of prayer and a place of tithing. Malachi 3.10 Bring all the tithes into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. And try me now in this says a lot of us if I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you such blessing that there will not be enough room enough to receive it. And I will rebuke the devourer for your sake so that he will not destroy the fruit of your ground nor shall the vine fail to bear fruit in, for you in the field says a lot of us. And all nations will call you blessed. For you'll be a delightful land. Let's stand and pray. Do you receive the word? Do you rejoice at his word? I believe you have understood. What's your response? Start tithing. Get a tithe number. And say, yeah, get a tithe number. Talk to your zonal pastor, to the location pastors, to your MC shepherd. And don't be an outsider in something that is as core to the kingdom as that. Amen. It's like if you say me, I'll never pray. How will you help us? Amen. Let's just give thanks to God. Thank you, Father.
for today. Thank you for your word. Thank you that your word is alive and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, and is able to divide soul and spirit, bone and marrow. Give us wisdom and understanding to know, to know for a certainty that this is your doing and that the evidence of those who've practiced it should be an encouragement to the rest of us to know that you are inviting us into it. We bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. Do you receive it? Awesome. Now, of course, if you have not given your life to Jesus, you have to do that. Amen. Because now, this Melchizedek, who is a priest forever, the first thing he does is what? Bless you. There is no way God is more interested in your tithe than your life. That's, that's a lie. That's impossible. Yeah. Your life is more important to God than anything you can give him. That's why Melchizedek blessed Abraham fast. Abraham didn't need to do He could have responded. He may not have responded, but the blessing was already there. And the Bible says, God has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. The people who are born again are already blessed. Do you understand? Oh yeah, they don't ask. You don't tithe to be blessed. No, you tithe because you are blessed. So, it's so easy. You just say yes to Jesus and you are blessed. Amen. All of us are blessed because we have said yes to Jesus. So if you're here and you've never made a public proclamation to say, Lord, I give you my life. May you be my blesser, my Lord, my redeemer, my savior. I want to give you an opportunity to do that right now. Wherever you are, as everyone is praying, everyone praying, would you just put your hand up? I want to see your hand so I can pray for you to receive Christ this morning wherever you are, if you want to receive Jesus put up your hand straight until I've seen it, I've seen that hand anyone else, anyone else oh I see that hand, anyone else anyone, oh I see that those hands upstairs, please come just walk to where I am I'm going to wait for you and let's, let's, I want to pray for you to receive Christ, pastors please get ready to receive this as they come I want us to celebrate them. These are uh, wonderful, courageous people. God bless you. Yes. Can I shake your hand? God bless you. Welcome. Welcome. Let's come. Let's keep coming. From wherever you are. God bless you, my sister. Your life will never be the same. Never, never be the same. Oh, God bless you, young man. God bless you. Keep coming to receive Jesus. You people, you're not celebrating as people come to receive Jesus. God bless you, my sister. God bless you, my brothers. Keep walking. Someone came all the way from upstairs. Can we celebrate as they come? Come, come here. Come, come. Let me pray with you. God bless you. God bless you, my sister. God bless you. God bless you, sir. Oh, yeah. Your, your clapping is weak. People are coming to receive Jesus. If you're still back there, I'm waiting for you. Just start walking. Just start coming. We are all excited to receive you, to receive Christ today. God bless you. God, Jesus wants to bless you, to make your life a sign and a wonder. 
to make your life beautiful. God bless you. Can I say God bless you? Keep coming. Keep coming. Come all the way. It looks like the people this side are doing more evangelism than the people that side. So ask your neighbor if they want you to come with them. And then you just come with them. God bless you. Oh yes. Today is the day of salvation. The best time to receive Jesus is today. Keep coming, my sister, if you're coming. I'll wait for you. Anyone else? Anyone else who's coming to receive Jesus? Just, have you asked your neighbor? Oh, you are saying, "Mm, who is my neighbor? Your neighbor is the person standing next to you. Ask them if they've given their lives to Jesus. Or if you, if they would like you to walk with them. Because here in the altar call, we, we all support Liverpool. You will never walk alone. Only during the altar call. I'm not responsible for the results after the altar call. Amen. Anyone else coming? Those who are at all the locations and hosting centers, there's a pastor waiting for you at the front. Just keep walking. Just keep going. They're waiting for you. They're waiting for you. They're, we are waiting for you. Keep coming. Amen. Now you may say, but me have been going to church a long time. Look, going to church doesn't make you a believer, just like sleeping in a garage doesn't make you a car. The other day, the, I, I received a testimony, was that two days ago? or oh, yes, two days ago maybe, of someone who joined the location, which starts with the letter of the alphabet, and then they started, they, because they are very dynamic leader. So they found, they joined, and then they, they found they were given responsibilities. So they started leading a team, then other teams. So now everyone knew this person is a leader. So now, every time I would make the altar call, they would say, eh, eh, I've never given my life to Jesus, but have I got rid all these people? Think about it, the Christian, because I've been the one leading them. So, now, the true story. So the sister waited for a gathering, one of the gatherings when I met the altar call she just kept me, she even added tag, how may I serve you uh, so you may be and you're thinking hey, I've been on the worship team people have been seeing me on stage how am I going to accept Jesus oh just do it now okay, <laughs> there's no point in postponing because you might be thinking uh, I'll wait for a gathering then before the gathering they make you a zone pastor You are in conflict with yourself. What a shock. Amen. So have you asked your neighbor and they are, they are okay? All right. Eh? Oh, they want to come. <laughs> I, all my stories are true, except the ones with foxes and other things. Can we welcome our brothers and sisters? Can you pray with me? Let's pray together. Just pray this prayer after me. Say, Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus. Today. Today. I give my life to you. I give my life to you. Forgive me my past. Forgive me my past. And give me a great future. And give me a great future. With you. With you. I receive you. I receive you. As my Lord and Savior. As my Lord and Savior. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. That I may serve you. That I may serve you. All the days of my life. All the days of my life. In Jesus' name. Jesus. Amen. Can we celebrate these wonderful saints? 
awesome this is pastor Trevor please go with him just here in the corner we want to take your names and we want to be following you up whoa beautiful amen wonderful thank you Jesus amen isn't it amazing I just want to pray for you in case you have any kind of sickness anywhere thank you father for your anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power he went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil for you were with him we pray for anyone under any oppression of sickness we rebuke that sickness in the name of Jesus and command well-being may they be healed right now in their minds, in their souls, in their bodies in Jesus name Amen Amen Amen. It's not it's not too hard for God you know it's not complicated now I feel I should have closed the service by now but I feel like there are people here who want to respond to Pastor Ari's challenge to serve yeah, you have not joined a team to serve. And you're saying, I want to join a team. Oh, you have even ever signed up, but no one called you. For which I apologize profusely. I want to see your hand. You're saying, I want to join a team. I want to serve on a team. Can I see your hand? Just put it up straight. Oh, yes. Wonderful. Can you come here where I am? Let, let me, I want us to receive you. These are people who are going to serve on teams. You want to serve on a team. Just come. Just come. Guest experience team, worship team, parking team, harvest kids team, Luganda garage team, uh, follow-up team, connection team. Eh? You want to serve on a team. Please come forward. Serving on a team, serving on a team, serving on a team. Oh, yes, more people are coming to serve on our team. We are a serving church. Jesus said, If you want to be great in God's kingdom, you have to be a servant of all. We are a serving church. All those who are going to serve on a team, let's keep clapping for them because they are stepping into greatness. To serve on the team, serving on the team. Ah, yeah, yeah, I'm excited. Hey, anointed people are coming to serve on teams. Oh, yes, powerful. Any more people? Oh, yeah, upstairs are coming to serve to serve, to serve. We need more worship team members. We need more guest experience team members. We need more connection team members. We need more children's church team members. We need more media team. Yeah, you learn how to use that camera and how to edit videos. Ah, oh yeah. Dance team. Oh yeah. We have a dance team actually. We should start featuring them more often in this service so that people know they are there. Because I think they think, yeah, dance team. Ah, wow. 
what a harvest of team members. Powerful. I like it so much. Amazing. Awesome. Now, ah, hey, more people are coming to serve on the team. I, I feel this is a good Sunday morning. Now, let's pray. Thank you, Father, for all your children who are choosing to serve on a team in the church today, this morning. Anoint them for service. Anoint them for service. Anoint them for service. And Lord, we know there are rewards that come with serving you. May all these rewards be manifested in their lives and in their families. Rewards of prosperity, rewards of health, rewards of joy. All the things about serving, may they be fulfilled in their lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, where is Pastor Steve? What has happened to your Lord? Oh, you are the one. Please follow Pastor Kathy and Pastor Steve. You are going to go behind because you are too many to fit here. Just, just go with it. And because we need to write down your names so that we reach you. And please, they should also indicate the team they, need, they want to serve on. Ah, I like it already. I like it so much. Oh yeah, this is a good church. Everyone can serve. Oh, she's getting her bag or something. If you have your bag, you need to go with it. Because we may close while they are still writing your names. Awesome. Lastly, I think we're there. Don't be there. I think, when, when is he letting us go? <laughs> Who is thinking those thoughts? Lastly, in this church, life happens in missional communities. And our vision as worshipers is Nalia is to have 1,000 missional communities of which we have only 160. Right? 180. Oh, we improve every week. Yeah. So we are still 820 something MCs short. Am I making sense? Yeah. Here we are building 1,000 MCs and 10,000 disciples. That, that's so you are saying why don't you leave me Ah, if you're feeling like that you're the one yeah you're the one so if you are going to start an MC to start a missional community I'm waiting for you here I'm going to stand here by faith until you have come yeah you're there you're like I will start an MC yeah, let's clap for you as you come. New MC leaders. <laughs> mm. If you're going to start an MC. Uh, wait, wait. Uh, uh, this, uh, seriously. I know you're there. I, I made a commitment that I will call leaders forth every service. So... I'm fulfilling my commitment to myself. Yeah, someone is going to start. Ah, Dr. Doreen. Hey, this is going to be a powerful MC. Ah, uh-uh, you, even your MC leader, do they have a PhD? 
Well, okay. Okay, you don't have to have a PhD to start an MC. Come. Ah, this this man here. Hey, hey, new MC Shepherds. Ah, Jambo Gozonas, Analyst, new MC Shepherds. Welcome, welcome. Can you imagine six new MCs? I'm excited beyond excitement. MCs are easy. Just open your door and receive people. Make some tea. Buy a chapati or two. Ah, and you're ready to start. Ah, welcome. Hey, you man from Bulindo. Yes, new MCs. Ah, you, all around you are not leading an MC. Ah, uh, leader, you have just been promoted to MC Shepherd. Uh huh, anyone else? Huh? Hey, what a blessing. Calling me every day, past people, I be thinking they are MC Shepherds. And they are about. So, let's pray. Thank you, Father, for these shepherds. We pray that you multiply them and that they are missional communities will flourish and produce many other missional communities in Jesus name amen now who who is receiving the MC shepherds shepherd Lodwin okay that's that's mm. yeah take your back if you are because we are going to close amen Ah, so Father, we thank you for a wonderful service. Thank you for your word concerning tithing. Thank you that we have understood it and we are going to leave it out. Thank you that the generations are blessed because of your blessing in us. Thank you for the people who have given their lives to you, the people who are choosing to serve, and the people who are starting to make disciples through missional communities. As we go home, we go with your blessing. Friends, may God bless you. May he cause his face to shine on you and give you peace. And may your week be better than last week in all ways. In Jesus' name, amen. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all now and forever. you for listening to this teaching. We hope that you've been blessed by the Worship Harvest Sermon Series. For more teachings and other resources, visit www.worshipharvest.org or call 0393-281-555. That is 0393-281-555.